Consumers either decorate their doorsteps or tables with them, or they buy them in a can for pie. You might know what I'm talking about. Pumpkins. How do you make the case for buying whole fresh pumpkins for cooking purposes? What do you do with your porch pumpkins when you're swapping decor for the next holiday? Hey, I'm Amy Souter, your host for the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We deliver fresh takes on keeping your business and your life healthy, full of fresh fruits and vegetables. Today's episode features Holly Lucille, a practicing naturopathic doctor and senior medical advisor at Fullscript, which started as a dietary supplement dispensary and has since become a tool for integrative practitioners and patients needing advice on following a doctor's dietary orders, dispensing wellness insights and tips. Holly has the knowledge of what pumpkins can do for the consumer as far as functional health and how to prepare what seems like unwieldy vegetable that the pumpkin is and actionable takeaways for companies and supermarket produce buyers, managers, and executives. So let's welcome Holly and dig right deep into this. Hey, I'm Amy Souter, the Retail and Education Editor of The Packer and Editor of PMG, Produce Market Guide. And we have with us today, welcome Dr. Holly Lucille, the Licensed Naturopathic Doctor and Senior Medical Advisor for Fullscript. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and, and what Fullscript is. Yeah. So I'm, a, as you said, licensed naturopathic doctor. I'm here in Los Angeles, California. I've had a private practice for over 22 years. My um, role as Fullscript is a senior medical advisor, as you said. But Fullscript is, um, it started out uh, as a tech, it, it's a tech company. And it started out as um, an online dispensary for dietary supplements, evidence-based dietary supplements. However, it has grown to be, in my opinion, such a integral um tool for any integrative practitioners using, you know, because I have to say I was the daughter of two pharmacists, right? So there is this here, take this approach to medicine. Like you get a diagnosis, it's very reductionistic and your practitioner says you got to take this pill. But with integrative medicine, you know, we're asking people to do a lot. And a lot of it has to do with dietary interventions, right? And lifestyle interventions. And so we need more support to help people be more adherent to care plans. And food for what I do is so foundational, our nutrition. And so there are evidence-based handouts, anything from uh, if you need more fiber in your diet. So why and what kind of fiber? Uh, if you want to follow a Mediterranean diet for trying to get LDL down or HDL up, those good and bad cholesterol and trying to get those numbers more balanced. And so it really is an integral part of uh, integrated practitioner offices where we can help patients become more adherent to care plans. So say someone has high blood pressure and the doctor, like they go to, um, uh, you know, at a, like an MD doctor who uh, focuses more on um, uh, not preventative, but uh, and not holistic or integrative. What's the other? Functional, naturopathic, integrative. Oh, the, other way, the way that we're trying not to be. Oh, reductionistic. Reduction. Allopathic. Uh, oh, and symptoms, just 
focusing on symptoms and once the problem is bad, then solving it. <laughs> right, right. No, so, so you're, te- yeah. So when people are reduced to just their symptoms, right? So, and that's that here, take this approach. You know, there's uh, antihypertensive medications, there's statins for cholesterol, but we usually try to get to the root cause so we can truly help people heal from the inside out and not be so dependent on polypharmacy, especially as people grow older, because we see it all the time. And this isn't an in either or, I mean, it's integrative, it can be both, right? Oh, 100%. I think, you know, there's value in all systems of medicine. And um, allopathic medicine, definitely Western conventional medicine has its place. But when we're thinking about our modern day ales and such, especially with the agricultural revolution, and sometimes the quality of the food and our soil that are depleted from nutrients that drive our biochemistry, I think we have to think more comprehensively, and really start to focus on things and get back to the way we used to do things. You know, uh, I had a argument argument with my mother-in-law um, because she's so fussed. She's like, why do you always have to have organic stuff? Why do you? And then she, she called me the other day. She's like, when I was growing up, everything was organic. And that's why I didn't understand. And now it's not. Now we actually have to purposefully take care of the soil and, and you know, understand how we're growing food and the quality of food and things. And so it was a very interesting revelation and conversation. Ah, it was organic before there was a certification for organic. It was all organic. We didn't have we to worry about it. Other than law. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're hearing a lot in our fresh produce industry about um, food as medicine and, and not telling consumers to just eat produce because it's healthy or it's good for you or it's nutritious. That's not enough. It needs to uh, be functional and solve not just physical ailments, but like mental and wellness and just general happiness. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and- it's true. I mean, if you think about produce, and if you just go to the produce aisle, like just and look at the colors, like, I think there could be like, benefits from just doing that like you know because we eat with our eyes and our nose first for the most part and it's so amazing just those colors because those colors are where those nutrients are those anthocyanidins all the antioxidants they all come in and and that's why you hear all the time when people are just giving general information about healthy ways to eat make sure you know your your plate is full of colors i mean i remember my Thanksgiving growing up in Sycamore, Ohio with my grandparents. I mean, even though it might've started out green, I guarantee you when it hit my plate, there was like, it was like white or beige or unrecognizable uh, shades of those colors. (laughs) Not a whole lot of fresh pop of colors going on at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So pumpkins. Oh, uh, we just finished uh, at the time of this recording. Halloween is just completed, and but we still have Thanksgiving and um, and just winter holidays, uh, the winter season, fall that you know the rest of fall and and then winter coming up. And hard squash is is uh, you know this is prime time. Yeah, right. it is. So I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as you said, um, I was actually in Santa Fe for Halloween and saw a lot of jack-o'-lanterns. So, I saw, so pumpkins used as um, decorations, and that's great. 
But for me as a naturopathic doctor and as a food enthusiast, I'm like, that's such a waste. You've got to get in there and actually consume. I mean, pumpkins are beautiful. I've seen so many scapes, you know, of tablescapes and such with little pumpkins and they're all sort of sizes, but they're even more beautiful if you consume them because they are so nutritious and they've got so many rich um uh, ingredients like vitamin A, uh, beta carotene. I mean, obviously that's what gives that, 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 that orange color, right? I, I kind of wore this, uh, in, in anticipation of our, our talk, but those are incredible antioxidants. And with the amount of oxidative stress that we are going through, just because of living in our ever increasingly toxic environment, pumpkins are such a great source of antioxidants. What are some oxidants? That we encounter throughout our days. Well, okay. So yeah. So free radical stress. I mean, first of all, I think it's everywhere. Like I'm, I, like I mentioned, I live in Los Angeles. And one of the things oh. that I noticed when I went to Santa Fe at 6,000 feet is like, oh my gosh, I can breathe air with no particles. In it. Like either you can see, right. I came out of a, a house party um, at in the evening and I looked up and there were the stars. You know, I don't see those things here in, in Los Angeles because of the pollution, because of the smog. When we were, I actually drove. And so when we were even driving um, through Arizona, coming into California and seeing that, I breathe that in every single day. So mm-hmm. that, and as I mentioned too, if we think about um, uh, other things that people are eating, maybe the poor quality of soil, but poor choices, right? So refined food products, things that are inflammatory, too many, uh, too much sugar, too much refined carbohydrates, saturated fats. Um, the, the, you know, oxidative stress from the toxins, uh, from things in our health and beauty aids, uh, from our cleaning supplies. It, it, I could go on and on and on. Okay. <laughs> So antioxidants are good for that. Yeah. I mean, also pumpkins are incredibly high in vitamin C and vitamin E. So you think about helping boost immune function, decrease risk for heart disease. Um, Vitamin E helps to calm hormonal imbalances. Um, Mm. Also important for any skin damage and also macular degeneration, prostate cancer, all of these things from the evidence, from the data eating pumpkins can actually assist and help reduce risk for prostate cancer. Like that's a very common among older men, right? Oh yeah. Like absolutely. But yeah. And so, and the other thing about pumpkins, uh, you know, and obviously we're used to jack-o'-lanterns and you said there's a hard squash, but you can actually consume as we well know the seeds that are yummy and you can toast them. Um, And also you can consume the juice and the leaves. So you can get all of this nutrients from the entire plant. Pumpkin juice? I haven't heard of this yet. Pumpkin juice. Put put in a smoothie. It's absolutely amazing. Well, smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was just thinking of juice juice though. Like, yeah. Well, think about a carrot, right? Carrot juice. Yeah. Far away. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Native Native North Americans have been doing this since 5000 BC. You know, it's like we we turned it into like a, a decoration, but we've got to start consuming them again. It's they're so good for you. Like the like on my dining room table, I have these mini gourds of all different colors and shapes. Uh, 
Can you eat those? I mean, I guess technically you can eat them, but, but they're yeah, really- Yeah, I mean, technically you can. I think the larger, so I think when you're looking for a pumpkin inside a store, right? Make sure there's like anything else, you know, you're kind of feeling that the avocados or what have you, making sure that there's no soft spots or blemishes. Um, but the bigger they are, the more flesh is going to be inside and the more flesh, then you can roast it, make a soup out of it, scoop those seeds out, roast, roast them. Those. Spice yes. and roast. So the larger ones are going to be better in the culinary space. More worth the effort. Yes, because yes, the the smaller ones. Let's stick to the de- decorations for the most part. So those big things you see on people's steps all around, uh, uh, or at least all around here. I'm in the Northeast uh, U.S. Um, Same. I see that. I, I just took my dog for a walk this morning, and all the pumpkins are out, and I'm like, that's so cute. But we got to start eating them again. Can you take them inside and eat them if they've been sitting outside? Absolutely. I mean, dual purpose, right? So have a great decoration, clean them up, um, get that flesh out of there. And, you know, I mentioned flesh. That's the other thing that's so exciting about consuming pumpkins is they're full of fiber. And when you consume fiber, you're also helping decrease cardiovascular um, disease, also metabolic disease, so type 2 diabetes, and as well, gut health right? So it's ah. feeding those good bacteria, all the things that they need to stay alive and survive and keep colonized and kind of push all that other opportunistic bacteria out of the way. So um, super important there as well. Yeah. Everything I've been hearing about is gut health for the last like five plus years, <laughs> 10 years. It is, it is swifter in the nation and I'm so happy about it, but it is definitely, um, I'm glad that it's getting its notice because it's trending up and, and, but I think it's really important. The gut has a lot to do with our overall health. So for people in the produce industry, marketers, suppliers, produce managers at, at supermarkets, what can they do with, you know, I guess, how can they take any of this information and use it to benefit the, the public, but also their business? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's super easy to find evidence regarding the health benefits of pumpkin. And if somebody's, if a consumer like me is in the produce aisle and there's one of those signs, right? You know, you can get for sale sign or what have you, but a sign that says, you know, great decoration, but have you tried consuming it? And then just saying simple, like me, even five bullet points about vitamin A, beta carotene, vitamin C, vitamin E. I should also add potassium, which is very high in manganese, copper. You know, those things were missing, those trace minerals and things. A lot of us are missing in our soil and our diet when we eat and we use food as medicine and consume things like pumpkin. So I think that would be a great way. Just a flashy little sign that helps people or reminds people that these are nutritious uh, fruits. They're technically a fruit, um, winter squashes that yes, can be great decorations, but can be better even consumed or can be even better consumed. Did you say squash is technically a fruit? Yeah, it's a fruit. Hmm. It's a fruit. I, you know, I do believe, uh, almost with 99.9% accuracy that anything with a seed, right? Right. So like an avocado is a fruit, tomato is a fruit, like a seed um, inside of it. Yep, exactly. Fruit. But yeah, technically they're a fruit. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, what I'd been learning, um, the, this organization produce for better health foundation did all sorts of behavioral studies about forming habits and what causes people to buy something or, or, or not just do something once, but to keep doing it and make it a habit. Um, it, it, you can't use, uh, uh, ra- you know, rationale or like reason, it has to have an emotional uh, motivation, you know, um, ha- and that's where the feel good part of health yeah, comes in. And so just saying, I think just the new, what I've been hearing or learning is like, just saying the nutrients might not be enough to, okay, I got another one for you. It to be like what it actually does for you. And yeah remind you of your grandmother's meals when you're a kid or yeah or yeah that emotional aspect or I mean I know that this is a common tactic the fear tactic of or prevention right right? how about do you want to prevent macular degeneration have two cups of pumpkin like you know every other week or each week doesn't yeah who doesn't (laughs) exactly so macular degeneration it's very very common as we age decrease in bone density, right? Manganese, you know, you want stronger bones, consume pumpkins. So you could put like, you could skip over the the actual nutrient um, and just put for stronger bones, for better eyes, for like that, that kind of brings it home. I think even more like to, to shoppers, it might help. Cause I think that's just what I've been hearing about um, functional. I think that's a great point. I think it's a great point. And then um, maybe the ease of how to add it to your diet, right? So, um, you know, different recipes uh, or offering ideas like on how just how to roast a pumpkin, how to prepare it. I mean, you probably look at it and it's like, how do I get the skin off? How do I get the flesh out? How can that be more convenient and easy and time saving in the kitchen? I think those little tips and tricks, demonstrations, right? Having cubes of roasted pumpkin on a toothpick. I mean, and then just the taste, because I think we don't think about it. Um, yeah. It would be great. Like butternut squash they are, or watermelon, they sell more and actually make more profit when when they, when they the supermarket staff cuts it up and then wraps it up um, and shows like slices or cubes, you know, and yeah. people don't do that with pumpkin. Right. And I, you're right. I've seen that, you know, you can have the cubes of, you can have cubes of pumpkin easily. And we just need that thought process to come around because I think people think about it as a decoration first and not as a nutritious uh, winter, just yumminess. Yeah. And they think I like the, the explaining how you can make it um, because I know a lot of people think of, they just go for the canned pumpkin Cause it's so much yeah. easier. Um, but it's not that hard. I mean, people roast butternut squash a little bit more often. Yeah, probably. I don't know. At least we do. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and I mean, squash. think about how you do that, right? Cut it down the middle, take the seeds out. You just roast it. Say it's the same concept. And you can also do things like mix it into oatmeal. I mean, and it's funny because the pumpkin flavor, right? This holiday season just takes over. I mean, a large coffee chain, you know, has made their, you know, pumpkin latte very, very uh, popular. What are you talking about? I have no idea. (laughs) Another thing I was in Santa Fe and I'm like, 
why don't people support their smaller local businesses? Why do they have to keep feeding the bears? <laughs> like I was like, but, you know, and there's pumpkin flavored everything. There's pumpkin pie. And of course, we're getting more into the nutritionally valueless, flavorful, but um, not as much um, nutrients and kind of high in sugar and stuff. And, uh, you know, everything in moderation, including moderation, but, but you can oh, also like make a pumpkin chili or a uh, oh, pumpkin yeah. soup. Um, like I said, snacking on pumpkin seeds is also super easy and yeah. just so full of nutrients. I have been seeing my like cookbook recipe tester friends and co colleagues on social media. And I just know it's becoming more of, I've done it myself where you could, like even if you're buying a pumpkin or another kind of squash for for roasting or eating culinary uses, a lot of people still throw away the seeds, but you can just, do you have a way, what's the easy or like a hack for separating the seeds from the flesh and the bits? Yeah, that's a great question because anything that's too messy or takes too much time, people usually just like, forget about it, they're out. Yeah. Um, I take a strainer. And I kind of use this, the strainer part as um, almost like a sifter and I'll just kind of rub it and then pull it, it separates the flesh really well. And I pull them out. I pat them dry with a um, paper towel and then just a little olive oil and sea salt and into like a 200 low and slow 225 degrees shake them up a little bit after 15, 20 minutes. Um, everybody likes their different as far as like more done or less done. Oh, so good. And there's different recipes for what spice, spices to put on them and stuff if you want. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many culinary spices that just go like cardamom is good. Uh, ginger is great. Like so many different spices that go mm -hmm. super well. Yeah. With, and with then them. uses for them besides sprinkling on salad and soups. What else would you? Oh, toast. Everything's on toast these days. So. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I've made once is pumpkin butter. You know, uh, you think about nut butters. All everything's butter too. It's like, yeah. Milk. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. There's all these alts to, there's all these different milks. That's so fun. There's all these different butters. But you can easily, freshly and DIYly um, make a pumpkin butter for sure. Because just, just pumpkin butter, you mean pumpkin seed butter? Correct. So pumpkin, yes. Good clarification. Pumpkin seed butter. Just like almonds right? Just like peanuts, just like uh, walnuts, just like cashews, uh, all the butters that you see out there, you can make pumpkin butter and it's so nutritious and it's so good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So um, companies can get on this. Can, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think, I think the education, the awareness and the information is uh, really important to drive home to folks. But this actual fruit and this winter uh, this winter squash has the ability to help decrease increase bone density, decrease risk for cardiovascular disease, metabolic syndrome, prostate cancer, macular degeneration, increase your immune system, all of those things and more. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. When Holly pointed out how much oxidative stress we go through in our daily lives and that pumpkins are packed with antioxidants, I was even more inspired to go beyond that canned pumpkin or pumpkin pie spice. 
When I change my decorations, I'm going to hack into some pumpkins and see what's still edible and use her culinary suggestions. I mean, it's pumpkin. I love it already. I hope our produce managers and executives see the value in promoting fresh pumpkins in more culinary ways. In our last episode, we partnered with EFI, or Equitable Food Initiative, to talk about driving worker morale and engagement by building personal relationships. Our guest was Jessica Pedroza, Office and Human Resources Manager at Pacific Agra Farms in Walla Walla, Washington. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and rate us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. It really does help us out. And have you heard of our free professional development courses at produceedu.com? There's a produce buying fundamentals course about navigating surprises and stress on the produce desk. And there's a course on merchandising, which focuses on the sales strategy, food safety, and artistry behind in-store produce displays. You take the course on your own time and get a certificate of completion. Hey, it couldn't hurt when you ask for a raise or a new role. Remember, it's at produceedu.com. And PMG's next merchandising display contest deadline is coming up December 8th for the Fall 2022 Produce Artist Award Series. Send us photos of your apples, hard squash, pears, pumpkins, and sweet potatoes. Email pics to artists at producemarketguide.com. That's artists with an S at the end, plural. In this episode's show notes, you can find many ways to follow us for more produce information, news, tips, and insights. And we'll have more of these great produce industry and healthy lifestyle conversations coming soon. Thank you so much. I hope you learned something useful and inspirational. Talk to you next time.